Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, James Harden found his groove for Brooklyn this weekend, but has the bearded one turned the corner? And in Los Angeles, how Carmelo Anthony became the Lakers' catalyst by finding a new role in L.A. And Janae, Janae tells us about how the Bulls' revamped offense is seeing red as NBA Today starts right now. Rabbit, rabbit! Welcome to NBA Today. Joined by Tanea Gumake, Ramona Shelburne, and Kendrick Perkins is going to be beaming in momentarily. Beaming everyone, in. yeah, beaming in. And everyone have a good weekend. Oh, great yeah. weekend! Great weekend. Yeah. You got your trick or treat. Halloweening. Yeah, with Daniel. little ones. Yeah. What was Nanny? He was a little piggy. Oh my god, pig. love it. I love it. All right, <laughs> diving into the NBA today. Into the NBA today, Ramona, you have an update on Joel Embiid. What can you tell us? Well, he's going to sit out of tonight's game against the Portland Trailblazers. They're calling it rest. They have a couple of back-to-backs in the next seven days. But over the weekend, he did have an MRI on that troublesome right knee that has been bothering him pretty much since the beginning of the season when he when he knocked knees with Jonas Valanciunas. That MRI came back clean. There's nothing to be concerned about. But that knee has bothered him, and that's why they got the MRI because it was. It wasn't getting worse, but it wasn't necessarily getting better either. Mm. So it's something he just has to manage because it's it's uh, it's not the kind of thing that you can do anything about in the middle of the season. Got it. So clean MRI for Joel Embiid, but he's resting in their game tonight. Thank you, Ramona. So more news in the East this morning. Kevin Love, according to The Athletic, is expected to miss several games in the league's coronavirus health and safety protocols. So let's take a look at the rest of the conference now and go coast to coast on the best of October, starting with the best in the East. So four teams are five and one. That is the Knicks, the Wizards, the Bulls, and the Heat. And if I said that two months ago, I'm not sure y'all would I'm sure Perk will say that he said that. said he would. Yeah. And then let's go west. The Warriors and the Jazz are also five and one. And Utah has the best point differential in the conference, outscoring opponents by nearly 13 points per game. And one of the biggest surprises thus far, you see him there, it's the Hornets are scoring over 118 points per game, best in the league after finishing 23rd last season. So those were the best teams. Now let's look at the best players thus far, starting with Steph Curry and John Morant because they are the top scorers. And Rudy Gobert leads in rebounds, Chris Paul in assists, and Al Horford in block. Okay. Paul George. Didn't see that one coming. Steals, I know, right? So so quickly, Chanae, who is your biggest winner in October? Surprisingly, the Washington Wizards yeah. at five and one. Yeah. I would have never guessed that, especially after Russell Westbrook leaves. That's a big hole. No matter how you try to say, like, oh, his game is good or bad or however it works, this team has picked up and they've done an amazing job. Bradley Beal and Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, Spencer has been a great backcourt mate for Bradley, who has, you know, always been top of the, you know, points per game standings. Kyle Kuzma knows yeah. what it's like to be a role player. Montrez Harrell is playing like a dog. Mm. 
Big kudos to Coach Wes Unsold because he's been able to revamp that team in a way that they're playing fundamental basketball on both ends. And he's been that strong voice in the room that makes them feel like all they have to go out there and do is play textbook basketball. So John Wall turned into Russell Westbrook, who turned into the core of a pretty nice team so mm. far. Good addition. Yeah, um, like what, what are I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. Okay. I mean, all right, it, look, it's a bit of a recency effect, okay? But we all summer long, what do we talk about? They're going to have a great defense, yep. but I don't know how they're going to score. They're scoring, and they're scoring because Kyle Lowry is pushing the ball. 23 fast break points for their starters per 48 minutes. When you don't have a, a, a guy who can go for 35 every night, you push the ball and you create offense that way. And, I, you know, Kyle not, is not necessarily averaging a ton of points right now. He's dealing with a little elbow issue, but he's pushing the ball and getting them out and running. There are a lot of really good hustle stats yep. from this team. Let's textbook Miami Heat. But, like, if you look at a night where Bam Adebayo can really spearhead an offensive rebounding yep. 17 that turns into 31 points, they're playing basketball the harder way yep. but the more effective way. So the Wizards and the Heat, one team that we didn't mention that we were talking a whole lot about at the beginning of the season – are the Brooklyn Nets, and they're the East favorites entering October. The Nets tried to find their footing against the Pistons last night. Did a little bit, so James Harden, the Nets, hosting the Pistons. Second quarter, the Nets are up six. Harden, guarded by Isaiah Stewart. Harden, in his bag, takes a little step back. You know that's good. Later then, in the second quarter, the Nets are up by nine. Harden, double teamed, passed it to Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin looks like he's gonna pass, but then he shoots it in bad air. Look at this, it looks like he changes his mind. Hold up, wait a minute. And he says, I'm gonna shoot that thing. Well, hang on. Yeah. I was finished, no. And he made it look easy. All right, less than three minutes left in the second. Harden throws a pass ahead to Kevin Durant, who does what he does. Harden finished with 11.6 rebounds and seven assists in the first half. So in the third quarter, nets up 17. Watch Durant here. He comes up, he looks like he's trying to fight through a screen, but he gets that elbow up a little bit high, hits Kelly Olynyk. That's not a little high. That's, That's very a high. little lot high. A lot of high. That's a lot high. That's a lot That's high. Like elbow well, position. the referees agreed, and he gets a flagrant two foul and is ejected. He finished with 23 points, so closing seconds of the third. Harden drives, lands to DeAndre Bembry. Harden had 18 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. It was his first triple-double of the year, ladies. 117-91, Nets win it. I think the confidence and just my rhythm and all that's coming back, you know, simultaneously together. And uh, it's just, it feels much, much better. I kind of knew that I was going to have a slow start just because I, I wasn't, you know, playing a lot. I knew the work was going to catch up, and, and ultimately I was going to get back to where I needed to be. Game by game, I'm just more confident, extra, extra pep in my step. Just overall, you know, much better. So James Harden struggled getting to the line in the first five games of the season, only averaging three free throw attempts per game. But in these last two games, he got to the line 22 times, and the rest of his game opened up, increasing his numbers across the board. So, Chanae, how have you seen Harden flip the switch? I love it because we saw it in one game when he shot 19 free throws. Yep. And let's go to the board. Why don't you guys come with me so I can break it all down. Break it down. What I really love about James Harden is that he walks the walk and he doesn't talk the talk. He'll let his game speak volumes. So give me the tape, producer Jesse, today. Uh, this is what he was dealing with the beginning of the season. A lot of contact, drawing fouls, and getting up. He's a very durable player with the exception of last year. And he took all of that angst and everyone's saying is he okay and all that type of stuff and he translated it to his game look at how many defenders are always hanging on him and he's realized ever since that 19 free throw game he's got to lock in whether it's getting to the paint 
finishing at the rim like we saw all the time in Houston or saucing on the perimeter. James Harden first triple-double of the year is largely because he flipped the switch because he heard everyone talking about him mm. saying you need to be more aggressive. And when he was aggressive, what was <laughs> aggressive? aggressive. He said what happened? Aggressive. Nets looks beat. so beat. much better. Aggressive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so Ramona, Harden previously yeah. mentioned how hard it was for him to train this summer following that hamstring yep. injury. What have you heard about his route back as, as Kendrick Perkins is also going to be joining well, us? Well, he was rusty, right, coming right. into this because he was not able to play basketball over the summer. He spent so much time just rehabilitating that, that hamstring injury. He had two grade two hamstring pulls. Okay, that is a serious injury. Just one of them. He came back to have another one. Right. Um, he had to spend all summer just working on the hamstring. And I know you have the social media jokes, right? He was out with little babies, a fashion week. He was working hard to just rehab that hamstring. But his game, as Tanae says, has so much finesse to it, has so much touch. Like right. He's such a good shooter and such a crafty player. He just needed a little time to play his way back into shape here. Absolutely. And he said that he wasn't really able to do all that I much I feel like we saw this movie before last year. <laughs> right. And I'm hoping, <laughs> is this going to be the sequel? That's kind of what we're going we're gonna to have to see. I promise Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins is joining us now. So, Perk, we saw KD also get ejected in that highlight. He threw a ball into the stands <laughs> on Friday night and earned him a $25,000 fine. What if anything, do you make of these instances? You know what? It's, it's hard to say for the simple fact that, you know, the, the game that he threw the ball in the stands, they actually won the game. And then even the game that he got ejected, they were up by double digits and were actually playing good basketball. So I don't want to say that K KD was frustrated. I just think that, you know, he just have, you know, it's, it's emotions, right? And I don't I don't know uh, what's going through his head. I, I think a lot of us really don't know at times what's going through Kevin Durant's head, right? So I don't want to make assumptions, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not used to seeing this KD. He's more physical. I don't know if, you know, the Kyrie Irving situation is taking a toll uh, with his frustration or whatever it may be, but... You know, at the end of the day, I still can't figure it out. They were winning the basketball games. Mm. They won the games. Like, I don't understand the throwing of the ball in the stands. Yeah. Well, like the Olympic play, don't you think, though? Like, I mean, Kelly kind of gets into it with people. Like, that's sort of his game. He does. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. But KD didn't seem way worse. Like, you know, like, just <laughs> think about it. Battling with P.J. Tucker, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. get any worse than that, right? He didn't battle with P.J. Tucker throughout the series is is nothing that Kelly O'Linus could do to frustrate him. Like, you know, I, I, I just I don't know. I don't know. I don't I can't really tell. Well I Kelly really I do know a little bit, my brother Perk. Uh I do think <laughs> that this emotional reaction right now, what are they two and three or so mm -hmm. on the season? I think that a lot of people have been talking about their team. And KD, I'm actually happy that he has shown a little, you know, energy emotionally, but like make sure everybody's safe, whether it's a player, Kelly Olinick, or the fan, you gotta make sure everyone's safe. But like you saw at the end of my breakdown, James Harden flexing and emotional. <laughs> yeah. That is very rare. These are two guys that are typically methodical mm -hmm. and almost robotic when they play the game. And I think that that's a lot of the pressure yeah. that they're hearing and they're trying to turn that pressure into performance, which they have. That well, Sometimes, right. you know, when your coach right. gets ejected, it galvanizes well, people. And, you're, you know, you're raising the, raising the roof. They, they were able to win those two games, as Kendrick Perkins mentioned. And, and then Kevin Durant said, you know, I was really just trying to fight through the screen. And looking back on the replay, it, it, you know, I mean, it was a little physical. Oh. And he also, ref said he should have been ejected uh, when he threw that ball into the stands when they looked back at the replay. So those were two instances that could have gone differently mm -hmm. than they did. But, hey, what do they say? At the end of the day, winning cures everything. And speaking of winning, coming up, it is the top of the 
top, we show you the best from around the association, including the best Halloween costumes. And Draymond Green loves the way the league is calling or not calling fouls. Is the league in a sweet spot with its physicality? Plus, we look back on the diamond anniversary of the first ever game next on NBA Today. It has to be LeBron, right? Was that Freddy Krueger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is Jan Santosokumpo. I'm Stephen Curry, and you're watching NBA Today. What is it? It's a new show. Not tomorrow. <laughs> it's NBA Today. Not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. It's NBA Today. <laughs> NBA Today. You're watching NBA Today. <laughs> oh, shoot. Andrew Lopez was at Pelicans practice today and took this video on, of Zion continuing his rehab from foot surgery this offseason. Zion will be out at least two to three more weeks. So, Chinay, you've been through these long rehabs. How did you manage the noise around you and what advice do you have for Zion? Exactly. I mean, it's literally eradicating that noise. And, mm. you know, you're going to be a part of public availabilities where people will have opinions on how you look or how you run or how you shoot. Forget all of that. You have one goal, getting back to the court and being productive for your team, and I would lock in on that. It will take some time for him to feel like himself, but I know it's tough because there's a lot of people saying, like, trying to micro-analyze each and every appearance shot. Just let this young man have some time. Absolutely, and the Pelicans, they need him to come back the sooner the better, but only when he is healthy. So, let's run through some of the top of the top from this weekend's action, and first up is top Handles. Let's go to Svee going behind the back. We'll start there. Oh, smooth. Oh. Yeah, that's like the cone drill. You know when you play basketball as a kid and you go yeah. here? Bam. Right there. That's he clean. Did. He was like, all right, this is my human cone, and I'm just going to move right through it. When you dunk, you get I'm a triple. I'm going to move point. right through it. And then we're going to also head to Chicago. DeMar DeRozan. Oh, I love Jake's this one. Jordan Clarkson. I love this it's one. It's easy money. I love this one because he's a king of the mid-range. And guess this what? Stop. You reach, I teach. You reach, I teach. Can we put that on a bumper sticker? 100%. I teach. I 100%. love that. I love that. And then last, we got Kevin. Ah, sorry. I mean, that was just, that was rude. And look at the bench reaction. I hear you. Yo. I hear you watching that. Oh. I mean, look at the bench. The bench goes. That's why they call him the sniper, because sometimes it's like, bam, got your And you ankle. don't even see it coming. Bam, oh, got man. your ankle. That, like, I, <laughs> she said, bam, and got your ankle. All right, um, let's go to Top Ducks. We start in Memphis. We're Jared Jackson Jr. I mean, he just perked. He destroys oh. the rim. Ugh. Can you still get up it's like that, Perk? It's about time. I've been waiting on this Jared Jackson Jr. right here. Nobody want to see layups. This is what we've been waiting on. Well, and then you got to go to Milwaukee. It's Ugh. not often that guys can catch a body on Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. like that. That's grown man type stuff, too. That's Shaq stuff right well, there. Oh, and then the... Yes. Ugh. Finally, we got to come back to L.A. Because, I mean, look, LeBron oh, here, here it just... Ah, 
He just got to show off. I like, actually, you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just lay the ball up. I mean, that was one where I actually got off my yeah. couch and was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> All right, headed to top duel, Luka Doncic versus Davion Mitchell. Okay, First, look. Luka gets the best of him a little bit here. All right. Okay. Ooh. All right. Look. Okay. Luka's talking to the bench. Like he's saying, you see that? Yeah, he's saying, you see that? Gotta have that. that. You gotta have it. But then you gotta go to the other side because, you know, you know Davion's got to have a word about this. You know he does. And Perk, you love Davion. I do. Look at that defense. That's like, <sighs> look, I haven't seen defense like this since Tony Allen. Well, that's why That's why you love him, right? Like, that's yeah. the guy who takes it seriously. And Luke is like, all right, I got to have a little bit yeah. of a respect <laughs> for that, right? So then we got top first impression. Finally, Cade Cunningham made his NBA debut on Saturday. Although he didn't have the best game, he played really hard. Take a look at this. Okay, yeah, active. And that's all you want. Like your first game out after being hurt, that's all you want. Is this a candidate for Let's Get It? Isn't that your segment part? Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say that. Why is this even on here? This should be on Let's Get It when I'm in studio. This is you doing all the little things. Well, you're coming back into studio later this week. We're just going to have to take a deeper dive. All right. It is Halloween. Well, it was. I don't believe that we can continue it multi-days, but we do have to save a moment for top costumes because Robin Lopez and his oh. partner Christine, like shout out Christine. I know Robin. And then I love, oh, this. I love the this Lillard. One. I like that. The Lillard. I love, I love the Lillard. Lillard. But you, and the nose and the finger to nose like a But you guys, the Lakers, I mean, they went all out. Mm. That's Russ as Chucky and Trevor Reza as the Joker. And then I don't even understand this. Alright, yeah, LeBron, amazing. That's Anthony Davis. Yeah, I had no How? How is that Anthony Davis? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And then LeBron also had a sitting lookalike. A doppelganger. Courtside, but actually this is it, it, the Rockets rookie, Josh Christopher's older brother, Pat Christopher, and he's designed clothes for LeBron and was a counselor at LeBron's camp since 2007. But the internet didn't know all of this when they just saw, wait, that looks like LeBron seeing double. And after the game, Inception. LeBron had some fun, mixing it up courtside. Tweeting, AO, true definition of two places at the same time. Somebody tell Patsy if he wants to be me for Halloween, just ask. Can I be you for Halloween today? Absolutely. Can I be you for Halloween? Yeah, because we asked. So okay. that's, that's the way, that's the way it works. I think we could both, like, I could sit on your shoulders and I'd be That would work. Perk. That would, oh, yeah. oh, for yeah, perk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I sit on your shoulders <laughs> yeah. and I could, that would, be, that would be perfect. Absolutely. All right. Next year's costumes taken care of. All right. Coming up after another great performance off the bench, Carmelo Anthony explains why you shouldn't doubt his adaptability. Stay tuned to the NBA today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. The Lakers tried to end October over 500, facing the Rockets at Staples Center last night. So LeBron James and the Lakers hosting the Rockets. So final minutes of the first, Lakers up 11. LeBron Drives, kicks to Carmelo Anthony. You know that's good. Carmelo made three threes in the first quarter alone. This is second quarter. LA up 
by 14. Rockets turn it over. Lakers in transition. LeBron James throws up that filthy two-handed reverse dunk. It's his 19th year in the league, and he is still doing that. He finished with 15 points, 8 assists, and 7 rebounds. So later in the second, Lakers up by 21 now. Russell Westbrook attacks the rim. One-handed jam to go. Take a look again. He almost lost the ball on the way up. He's laughing at himself with the Lakers bench, but you know, when it's good, it's all fun and games. <laughs> and then the fourth quarter, the Lakers lead by 25 now. Westbrook drives, kicks it out. Mello, you know what it is. Again, Mello finished Ooh. with a game high 23 points and just 25 minutes. Lakers win it 95 85. I think people uh, don't really understand me. I think there's a misconception up there about me and not being able to adapt to situations, but I'm easily adaptable man, to, to any situation. I've, I've always tried to adapt to every situation that I've been in. Some of us are better than others, but this is just easy. That look was a whole mood, but Carmelo has been on a tear to start this season. He's shooting a career-high 50% from the field and 52% from three-point range, and Melo is also scoring his most points per game since 2016-17 season when he was with the Knicks. And now we welcome back Ramona Shelburne. Ramona, Melo's made his mark as a scorer, and you've seen him pick up his game yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, look, defensively. Do we think we'll be talking about defensively with Melo? Defense. Right, but the Lakers system was the bedrock of their 2020 championship. Their Lakers defense was how they won. And when Anthony Davis is there at the five and Melo is playing defense and bought into the, just the team defensive concepts. I was talking to Frank Vogel last night. He said he's really bought into the system, and when he does that, it's contagious for the rest of the team. So when you get veterans like Carmelo who are giving that kind of effort and doing the dirty work, like just on the block and banging with people down there when they're not getting stats. Now, last night he had stats, four blocks, two steals yeah. for Melo. He's never done that. Yeah, and he, I mean, yeah. he was looking good. The Staples Center crowd just, I mean, yeah. he, they erupt for him every, every single time. time. But the question yeah. that certainly existed at the beginning of the season and is still playing itself out, right, is how are the veterans that you mentioned, how are all of them going to fit together? So what role has Anthony Davis played in that defensive cohesion? Yeah, look, the Lakers came into Sunday's game 27th overall in the league in defense. Mm. That's terrible for a team with Anthony Davis, a defensive player of the year candidate every year he plays. But he, they moved him to the five yesterday, and I think that, you know, Frank Vogel said they talked about it mostly because of Houston's lineup, and they had an opportunity to see how their smaller lineup looked. But I think this is here to stay. They look so good. They're plus eight with him at the five there. But that starting lineup that they had had, their, their net rating over the course of the season has not been good at all. The least effective player in that starting five has been DeAndre Jordan. So I think he moves to the bench, AD at the five. And you and yesterday they went with Kent Bazemore and Avery Bradley as the two right. other starters. Those are defensive guys. Yep. Those are defensive-minded players. And this is Frank Vogel saying, this is how this team needs to win. Yep. We need to make our money on the defensive end of the ball because we have – they lost a lot of their good perimeter defenders, yeah. but now they, they still have Anthony Davis. Well, and we saw the Lakers have some success with yep. Anthony Davis at the five on that championship yep. run they made in the bubble. I know you were tweeting about this game, but you know you know who else, Ramona, who was tweeting uh, about this game? Let me guess. It was Big Perk. Late I night know perk. he was watching the Lakers <laughs> game intensely last night. Late night Perk. So I want to ask you, Perk, what does Carmelo's performance say to you? It says a lot. And, and you know, um, Every night with the Lakers, he's either going to be the fourth option, sometimes the third option, sometimes the second option, and even last night, the number one option. Look, 
Carmelo Anthony haven't seen this many wide open looks since Moby Dick was a goldfish, okay? <laughs> and when you look at the pressure that LeBron James and Russell Westbrook puts on the defense, Melo is wide open, which all he has to do is catch and release. And that's what he does best is get buckets. And what I'm seeing is, is right now, Melo is flourishing in a role that they wanted Kyle Kuzma to do last year, right? Come in off the bench and, and provide a spark offensively and get buckets. And that's what he's doing. Okay, so then what is the areas of improvement you still want to see, Perk, for the Lakers? I mean, Ramona touched on it, uh, Malika. It's that defense, right? And I think I tweeted last night about why put Anthony Davis at the center position if you're not going to feature him in the offense. And then I had to go back and think about it that I was a defensive-minded guy. And I also love what Frank Vogel is doing by putting Anthony Davis at center, even if he's not featured in the offense. Because you know what it's doing? It's challenging Anthony Davis to be the anchor on defense. And that's what we saw last night. Forget the double-double that he had. I saw Anthony Davis anchoring the defense, switching out on pick and rolls, guarding the little guards on perimeter, anchoring the defense, contesting things at the basket. The Rockets couldn't get nothing easy. And he was rebounding at a high level on both ends of the floor. So I actually love the move by Frank Vogel because it's in a way, it's challenging Anthony Davis without even saying a word to him. So quickly then, Perk, if I know it was against the Rockets, who've been struggling a bit this season, but if that continues, if Anthony Davis can continue to be the defensive anchor and they take a step up here, what's the ceiling for the Lakers, do you think? Oh, it's the championship. And we all know that he could do it, right? We, we saw it two years ago when, at times, Frank Vogel used him at the center position and challenged him, and he delivered in great fashion. It's all about his mindset. But if Anthony Davis is going to be the best defensive player on the floor night in and night out on both teams, the opponent and with the Lakers, the Lakers are going to win the championship with flying colors, and Anthony Davis is going to win his first Defensive Player of the Year award, which he could possibly win. And when you have perimeter guards, like a perimeter guard like Avery Bradley, it also takes a lot of pressure off of Anthony Davis. I love what Avery Bradley brings to the table, but AD being in tune and actually embracing the role of playing the center position will be everything for the Lakers. Well, and they don't even have their full cavalry yet, right, Perk? So we're going to see this get to shake mm -hmm. out a little bit. Don't go anywhere because I'm going to need you in just a minute. The Lakers held the Rockets to just 80 Five last night and throughout the league offensive numbers are down compared to last season the average offensive efficiency is down by six points per 100 possessions and field goal and three-point percentages were also better last year and Draymond Green and Steph Curry they seem to be delighted by the way the game is being played now can I say how satisfying it is to watch the game without all those terrible calls um, that you know guys cheating the game and grabbing guys and getting a foul. I've been really enjoying watching basketball um, this year. So kudos to the league and the referees. It's been great basketball to watch, and I think it's great for our game. For me, in Portland, the first preseason game, I had that one where I tried to draw a foul, and you just got rid of that impulse, figure out what other options you have. It's great for the game. I know a lot of fans are loving it. Uh, the defensive-minded players are loving it. Uh, for us to like to put the ball in the basket and focus on that. I've tried to, uh, you know, my entire career, so I don't think it's a huge adjustment, but I like it. 
As we welcome back Janae, you heard what Dre and Steph said, so do you agree? This is why I love the Warriors. And this is why I love that duo of Draymond Green and Steph Curry. I absolutely agree because okay. what have we been talking about? Not just great offense throughout you know, the NBA the last few years, but it's nice to bring back the great defense. When we look at teams like the Miami Heat and how they're completely switchable and Bam Adebayo is going to work. And we talk about teams like the Chicago Bulls who have brought in savvy vets, but then also we're seeing highlights of them defensively. Like, I love this. You know, when you get so much offense, it's great for the numbers and analytics and for the fans. But we also want to see what makes basketball its truest essence. And that's just the hustle, the heart. And so that's what this, you know, change has really brought. And I'm glad that both, you know, having the cosign of the best arguably shooter of, you know, all time, it's great. Steph Curry for him to say, like, I agree too, so that, you yeah. know, shooters have that balance. So, so, Perk, where do you then find the happy medium between too much contact and too much freedom? Well, you know, I'm just loving it overall. And I think is, I mean, you know, you got to find the balance, but offensive players are getting challenged, okay? And that's the good thing about it because guess what? They always say good D but better O. Mm. And the reason being is because a person who guarding one of the prolific scores in the league like a James Harden, it brings out the best of them, right? And I heard I heard Shanae and I heard Ramona, you know, giving James Harden earlier in the show and I wanted to address them about the hamstring issue. No, no what happened with James Harden is is that he heard the noise as well, right? He had to adjust to the foul call situation and he mm. did just that and he delivered in great fashion right now in the past two games. But look, Great, good defense is going to bring the best out of great offensive players. And I love watching the game because now it's physicality. Now it's not ref stopping the play all the time. And now you're starting to see low-scoring games. You're starting to see games that that's 104 to 103. Well, last year would have been 138 to 137. And so I'm loving the change along with Draymond and Steph Steph Curry. I have, I have no problem with you, Big Perk. I want no smoke, and we're on the same page. And I want to give this one example. So if I'm going to touch Big Perk, normally I would not be able, if he was a guard, I would not be able to touch him again until he enters the paint. That's how hard, that's how hard playing defense is. Where should I touch him on the face yeah. forever? So if I touch him here as a defender, I cannot touch him again mm. until he enters the paint. Right. That was near impossible. For defenders, so I think I'm glad. I'm really glad for that fo focus point. I, I knew this is going to be have this discussion with because I got two bigs in here. I got two bigs. I need. I need a guard. Can someone like send me a guard so I can Where's get Momo? their opinion? This really, yeah. Point guard Momo. We got to get her in here. All right. Wednesday on ESPN and the app. Trey Young and the Hawks take on KD, James Harden, and the Nets at 7:30 Eastern. And then it's off to the Yay area as Steph and the Warriors host Lamelo Ball and the Hornets. Coverage starts with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern. Coming up in on MB in the NBA looked a little bit different on this day in 1946. We take you back on a journey to the first ever game on its diamond anniversary. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E.
Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Today, November 1st, marks the 75th anniversary of the first game in league history. It tipped in 1946, and we have actual footage of that game where the Knicks opened the season on the road against the then Toronto Huskies. And no, there was no bing bong back then, but the Knicks did score the first ever bucket, so take a look. Pro basketball in the early days of the NBA, there was a great deal of uh, questioning whether or not it could be a major league sport at the outset. If a youngster was to see us play, they wouldn't really think we were playing basketball. We didn't have the individual style of play. We didn't have the size and the agility and the talent that they have today. None of the writers really believed that we were better than the college teams. So we actually had to go to their gyms to prove that we were better than the college team. November the 1st, 1946. It was exciting because it was the first game. The crowd had not been used to seeing basketball players. They had been seeing the, the hockey players. So when we had a jump ball, they used to call it a face-off as opposed to a jump ball. Be nothing preempts hockey. That's what, that's what caused the first game to be played. Everybody opened up that Saturday in the NBA, but being a, uh, there was a hockey game the Toronto Maple Leafs were playing on a Saturday. They reverted it to Friday and uh, we became the first ever game. I made the first basket of the game. It was a simple give and go. It was quite a thrill, and I think back, first two points scored in the NBA. I don't care to ask you about that. The only reason he scored it because I wasn't guarding him. In the entire second half, the game seesawed back and forth with each side holding a temporary edge. The Huskies go down the court to score again and come within striking distance of victory. But, but despite the comeback, New York scores this basket to win 68 to 66. It was a thrill being an original Nick. You know, uh, like any good house, it's built on a strong foundation. And uh, we felt, at least I felt, that uh, I was a pathfinder. I was there at the beginning. Never dreamed, never my wildest dream ever thought that uh, it would elevate to the way it is today. You feel a little bit like a pioneer coming west in a Conestoga wagon or Lewis and Clark. I mean, I wouldn't be as proud if basketball had become defunct or gone downhill, but look at the NBA right now. Coming up, after Chicago's torrid start to the season, Chenay explains how the new look Bulls are stampeding the opposition. NBA Today continues right after this. This team is just coming together. You know, everybody works hard, everybody's playing together, and you know, that's just going to translate into wins. This team for real, Chicago. If you don't know, you better ask somebody. 
The Bulls are leading the league in points off turnovers with almost 23 per game. They are second in free throw shooting and fourth in three point percentages. And now I am so excited to welcome in NBA reporter Jamal Collier to the show, your very first ESPN show. We're thrilled it's with us. Yay. All right, so the Bulls are 5-1, Jamal. What's working for them? I mean, their best players have just kind of come together very seamlessly. Lonzo, Zach, uh, and DeMar DeRozan. And I think, like, when you look at the personalities of those guys, they're all very chill. They're all very laid back. And they all, you know, everybody says they have something to prove, but these guys really do. Look at the way things ended in Toronto with DeMar. And there's always the questions about how does he fit in, into winning. Uh, you look at Zach Levine. He never had a four-game winning streak in his NBA right. career before the start of this season with the Bulls. He's very hungry to win. Uh, and Lonzo Ball, number two overall pick, is already on his third team, just eight to 23. Uh, these guys all have uh, very much on the same cohesive you know, unit and pulling on the same rope to really prove and, and, and come together and, and, and try to you know, lift this team sort of from their relevance that they've been the last four years. And I think it's just all working together just about as well as they could expect it. Well, and then you would have some critics saying, oh, well, look at their strength of schedule. All right, well, let's look at it now. So tonight, the Bulls begin a stretch facing 11, 11 different playoff teams in a row, Jamal. What are they saying about keeping it going? Yeah, we're going to figure out real quick uh, exactly <laughs> how for real the Bulls are. You know, I, I look at uh, back to that game against Toronto and the game that they eked out a very close fourth quarter win. They almost gave up a fourth quarter lead back. Uh, and DeMar DeRozan was really the guy who steadied them on the court. And in the locker room, he was really disappointed just in the way that they finished that game. And I think that that, you know, you only can play who's in front of you, but they realized they got to play better and they got to be on top of their game against some of the tougher competition that they're getting ready to face. So, um, you know, holler me again in two weeks and we'll see exactly how good the Bulls are. But uh, we're going to get a very good gauge of, of where this team is at here coming up. Absolutely. We'll be hollering in two weeks and we'll see. All right. How did how did everything shake out for them? Jamal, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. All right. So we bring him back in. Shanae. So Vucevic, Lonzo, DeRozan. They have all been with Chicago less than a season, but... How are they already operating like such just a well-oiled machine? Well, the Chicago Bulls started off 5-1, and one, and the reason why is because they're top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. But let's talk about the offense, so give me my tape producer, Kwaku. All right, I know I usually go hard. Kwaku, baby! <laughs> uh, Nikola Vucevic, a walking double-double, which means he attracts doubles, kicks it out to Zach Levine, who's shooting 41% from three. That's just great basketball, great offense. Too late on that closeout, cash money. And again, when you're able to distribute from the inside out, well check this out, a nice dribble handoff. You draw three defenders, and this is the beauty of positionless basketball. Your center can knock down mid-range shots. And then again, ball rotation and how they're able to move. Look at Lonzo Ball reading the defense and sleeping. Slides right up. That's the easiest shot you can get in basketball. And like you mentioned, fast break points, they're off to the races. This is the most danger zone you can have when you have a three-on-one. Nice, tough finish right here. The Chicago Bulls have really stepped up their game. It's because they have a number of savvy veteran players that are in their prime, that are hungry and want to win, and it's working well very seamlessly. Seamlessly. Well oiled. I like it. It looks good. The one loss the Bulls suffered was against the 5-1 and one Knicks, who are also in action tonight, facing off against the Raptors. New York enters tonight, tied for first in the East in the NBA after defeating the Pelicans on Saturday. And the Knicks are clicking on to start the season. They lead the league in three-pointers, making nearly 17 per game and shooting them at 41%. So, that ranks second in the NBA, and they also have the third best offensive efficiency. So now, can we get can we get Perk back? Welcome in, Perk. 
So Perk, what's your biggest takeaway from the Knicks hot start? Their team, their team is no individual basketball, right? Mm. When you look at the, the team concept, and that's why they're shooting at a high clip from the three-point line because they pass up good shots to get great shots. You're watching guys be happy for one another. Guys are not out there playing for individual goals, right? So you look you look up one night offensively, Julius Randle may have 30. The next night, you see Evan Fournier have 20. Like the other night, R.J. Barrett had 35. When you have a team and you have a chemistry, you have culture, like that's installed in that organization right now and the way that they play inspiring winning basketball on both ends of the floors guess what you're gonna have ha guess what's gonna happen Malika you're gonna get wins and that's what the New York Knicks do they get wins they don't care about nothing else but playing winning basketball and if you're a, a coach at any level around the country and you're trying to teach your team how to play winning basketball you might want to show them the video of the New York Knicks. You might want to show them the Tibbs playbook, Perk? Yeah, for sure. Well, there you go. All right, so the Knicks have the city of New York absolutely bouncing. We're going to welcome back in Ramona Shelburne. And Ramona, from, from your perspective, I mean, we see the bing bong, right? Yep. We, see, we see all of this kind of going on and this excitement, right, around the Knicks. But is this start sustainable? I actually think it is because they're not just winning because Julius Randle's having an MVP caliber season. They're winning because they have a lot of depth this year. Right. Four of the five starters are averaging 15 points a game. Then they have the bench unit with Derrick Rose averaging 12.3 points a game. And they have a, a Obi Toppins playing well, uh, Alec Burks playing well, Emmanuel Quickly. Like they have enough depth. So everything you thought you knew about Tom Thibodeau teams, to where you know you play a, a bunch of minutes, you, the starters play you know 38 minutes, and maybe they wear down during the year. They have the depth to sustain this, even if they have an injury to one of their top guys. That's interesting, but it's I'm sure Knicks fans are sitting here like, all right, we're, we're bracing. We want to be able to do this. Is this going to be the year that they can kind of continue and take the next step? And you mentioned it. The conversation around the Knicks this summer was, did they really get that much better? And it looks like... Well, the two additions that they brought in, Evan Fournier and, and Kemba Walker, have been yep. really good. Um, they've given them this defensive... Not this... Sorry. They've given them this professionalism mm. and this ability to stretch the floor to where it doesn't have to be all on Julius Randle. Right. Like it can, those guys can spread the floor, but they also can create shots for other people. And it, and you put Kemba and Derrick Rose out there, that that's a lot of offense generation that doesn't have to come from Julius or R.J. Barrett, who has really taken a step forward on both sides of the ball this year too. Well, the Knicks have been in Madison Square Garden looking fly. And speaking of fly, coming up on NBA Today, the new NBA City jerseys are out, and we're gonna pick our favorites as NBA Today continues. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Tuesday on the Can't Miss edition of SportsCenter at 6 p.m. Eastern. Full coverage of the NFL trade deadline aftermath, including the impact on Deshaun Watson's future. And Adam Schefter details the key moves from playoff contenders. Plus, moments before the first college football playoff rankings are revealed. Kirk Herbstreit tracks the decisions that could shake up the path to the championship. Don't miss SportsCenter, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Tip off your weekend with an NBA Friday doubleheader on ESPN and the app. The Knicks take on Giannis and the defending champs at 7.30 Eastern. And then Steph and the Warriors host the Pelicans. Coverage starts with NBA countdown at 7 o'clock Eastern. So the NBA has announced their players of the month. Jimmy Butler of the Heat and Rudy Gobert of the Jazz. Perk, you like the picks? Oh, I love them. And you, you know what? Let me say this. I understand this is an individual award, but guess what? They don't give out this award to, to, to players that have losing records, okay? You got to be winning. And who was my dark horse for coming out of the Eastern Conference? It's the Miami Heat. Who, who plays for the Miami Heat? Jimmy Butler. Mm. Who's my dark horse to come out of the Western Conference? The Utah Jazz. Who played for the Utah Jazz? Rudy Gobert, okay? So, I mean, just at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I'm just here, okay? I'm just here. Okay, what do I all right. You're, you're just looking like a whole lot of right is what you're trying to say. What do you think? What do you think, Rona? <laughs> I, I mean, I can't believe you didn't, like, point out, did you vote for Jimmy Butler as your preseason MVP? Oh. Pick? I mean, Perk, every time I say <laughs> that's who I vote. Oh, oh, okay, Mama. So we're just calling no, people out look, now. Look, Jimmy, Jimmy and, the, and the Heat, to me, if you're doing power rankings of who's been the best team coming okay. out of the game, it's the Heat. Okay. Offensively and defensively, I think they have been it. And they're a lot better offensively already than we thought they would have been just because they're getting out and running. But Jimmy, the other night, I watched that game against Charlotte. Yeah. Wow. The Charlotte with the best offense in the league. Yep. He put the clamps on him. I love this. And I think we should celebrate for a few moments the East. I was about yes. to say. Yes, I love it. <laughs> because we have teams that are really making their mark and improving. Yep. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks look great, even though they have a couple bumps in the road. Yep. Chicago Bulls, the Hornets, and the Heat. I had like the way I remember it is two E's and two H's. You know how that works. <laughs> but yeah, I love what this Miami Heat team has done, yep. getting PJ Tucker um, and adding them. And, you know, Tyler Harry, like, it's just been a good start for the East overall, and I'm glad right. that we have multiple storylines and multiple players. So. Well, and when Masai Ujiri joined the show, I said, which conference, which which one you got, which one's more interesting, which one's better? He said, it's going to be the East this year, so we'll see. All right, Nike and the NBA released their City Edition jerseys early this morning. I, I have one. I have one with me, but we have all of them over okay. here. So we have Utah and Phoenix were the only teams to not make new jerseys. Some jerseys pay homage to their team's history in celebration of NBA 75. We got this one from the Clippers. Look at this. I like oh, this whole color scheme. Right? I like that's it. It's kind of clean. I like these threads. All right, Chanae, which jersey do you like the most? I need a look. Is there a way our amazing director and producer, can I get a more look at these? Uh, Ramona, which one do you like? You know what? I, I always vote for the Spurs jersey. I love that Spurs jersey every time. Uh, but I think this time I might go with Denver. I really like oh. that old school right. rainbow look. Okay. That's pretty cool. We were talking about Miami quite a bit. I'm not like super excited looking at this yeah, Miami one. <laughs> they crushed it so much with the vibe yeah, that right. I'm like, okay. Perk, maybe which one do you like? Tonight. You're not giving H-Town no love? Oh, Plus, I'm trying to yeah. find out. Oh. Where's H-Town? You know, Vernon Maxwell, Sam Cassell, Mario Ellie, like, come on, that jersey was legit. Kirk, I, I gotta tell you, you I love, like, everything Toronto touches. Yeah. I just feel like it you looks old Thank you so much to Jamal, yeah. Perk, Ramona, Cheney for joining <laughs> us. We're back on E2 tomorrow at 3 Eastern. We'll see you then. You gonna get some uh, free sleep now? Yeah, go get a lot.